You are listening to Your Daily Drive, and I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I want to paint a scenario for you. I'd like for you to give some reflective time to what I am going to ask you. Here it is. When your three-year-old turns 27 years old, and he or she can only have one takeaway from your parenting What would you want him to retain? What is the one thing that is important, or more important rather, than all the rest? It's kind of like the scenario when someone says, if you could be on a deserted island and you could only have one book, what would that book be? Which one would you choose? And so you have one option, one idea, one concept that you can give to your child, only one. What would that thing be? be. This is a hugely important podcast for you to listen to. We receive emails, actually forum posts often from folks, mothers a lot of times, but parents who are parenting their children and they're not, the parents sense that they're not hitting all the marks. They're not able to provide their children with everything that they want to for whatever reason that that may be. And so I want to bring it down to one thing. We can't give our children everything. In fact, we shouldn't do that. But there are a lot of vital things that we don't necessarily provide for our children for whatever reason. But there is one thing that rises above all other things. And I want to talk about that in this podcast This podcast, like all of our Your Daily Drive podcasts, are written out for you word for word, and so you can read everything that I'm going to share with you. The title of the article and the podcast on our website is, If You Exported One Thing to Your Child, What Would It Be? I would encourage you to read this. If you have the time and the desire, I really encourage you to share it, especially with struggling parents who feel like that they are just dropping plates all over the place. I want them to know that, well, you're going to drop plates because we all do, but there's one plate that you want to make sure that it transcends above all the others. I have a video here as well. One of our life change videos is about 10 minutes long on parenting, and I would encourage you to watch it too. Again, go to rickthomas.net. Look for this title. If you exported one thing to your child, what would it be? But first, I want to say thank you for Cheryl. Cheryl, we receive uh, quite a few emails and notes that come in from all over the place. Some of them we can actually share with you. Cheryl wrote in, and she was expressing gratitude for listening to my podcast. She heard me say at one point or another that I don't like to hear myself talk in audio. And by the way, that has not changed. I don't. As I have said a few times, I wouldn't go across the street to hear myself teach, and I certainly don't like listening to myself. There are other people who just sound much better, in my opinion. But Cheryl said she enjoyed listening to my podcast. It helped her, and and she uses it often as she goes to bed at night. Uh, But she listens to our podcast often, not just to put her to sleep, but during the day as well. And she enjoyed 
she enjoyed the podcast. And so, Cheryl, as you lay your head upon your bed tonight, this podcast is for you, and I hope you rest well. And thank you so much for your encouraging note. If you exported one thing to your child, what would it be? Let me give you three scenarios, and then I'll jump right into this. Your child is 27 years old, and you have finished your parenting. You're giving him your best advice, wisdom, training, example, and prayers. Let's say your child can only have one takeaway from all of that. From all of your parenting, what would you want your child to retain? Critical question. Scenario number two, your child is three years old and your parenting has just begun. You're about to embark on one of the grandest journeys any person could experience. Other than your relationship with Christ and your spouse, Being a parent is your next best relational blessing. Scenario number three, you've messed up your family through lousy parenting practices. You've now recognized this and you want to do over. And though it's not possible to retrace your steps and begin again, you know you can repent and rebuild from where you are right now. Thus, you plan to repent actively, meaning once for all the sins that you have done and then in an ongoing fashion as you continue to wobble like the rest of us. And as you are actively repenting, you are humbly seeking to rebuild a life with your children. Now, all three of these scenarios, you could apply the same question, which is this. If you could only give them one thing at this point in your life, whether your child is 27 or three years old, or you're doing a do-over, if you can only give them one thing, what would it be? What would you choose to export to your children We're all in the export business, every Christian, well, every human for that matter. We are in the export business. There are no other options within the human family. We live shoulder to shoulder and bumper to bumper with each other. No matter where you are, other people are around you. You are exporting your life to others. The things you know, the things you say, the things you do are being observed by and reacted by those who are around you. Now, this perspective that I'm sharing with you should not, it should not be perceived as a negative thing at all because of the transformative, because of the transformative power of Christ working in us. We are operating from a position of strength, by the way. It is His strength. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. And so because of the transformative power of Christ, this idea of sharing our life, exporting our lives to others is not a negative. It is a positive. We can give the Christian message to others by our attitudes, our words, our actions. Affecting people is not an option. Nobody can opt out of this reality, but how we affect people is an option. So may I ask, how do you influence people? 
This article is about your children, even though you can apply it to any person within your sphere of influence. Therefore, if you have no children, let's say that you are a single something, you're 21 years old, you say, I'm not married, I have no children, so this doesn't apply to me. Oh, yes, it does. You, too, live shoulder to shoulder and bumper to bumper with people. How do you, single person or teenager, how do you influence people? Now, I'm going to talk about parents to children, but I want you to make whatever applicable application that you need to. What are you exporting to those around you? We're back to my original question. If you could export only one thing to your child, what would it be? Give us some thought. What is the main thing you would like for your children to take into their adult experience? I want to give you a partial list of some of the things that Rick and Lucia pray regarding our children. These are the things that we want to export to them, hoping it will give them a more productive and more meaningful life. And as you listen to this list, it's a list. It's several things, not one. Let me remind you that none of these things represent the primary thing as far as how we want them to build their future lives. Everything that I'm going to share with you right now are secondary matters that flow out of the vital thing that we want to export to them. I have several things here, so let me jump into them. At the top of the list, and I'm sure this is at the top of your list, is become a Christian. This is a secondary matter. It's not the main thing. I put this one first so that I could get it out of the way. Of course, I cannot give them this. Therefore, I can't export this to them That's why it's not the main thing, because I can't export this to them. I'm talking about things you can give. Becoming a Christian is not in my hands. This gift is what God gives to them. If I could export regeneration to my kids, I I would open that door quickly and say, come in. I would do it in a heartbeat. My hope, my prayer are that the Father will open their hearts and grant them repentance, as Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2. And I want them to fall in love with him. I pray this way every day. I want my children to be Christians. You and I know bad parents whose children became Christians. By the way, if you know my parents, you know that I fit in this camp. My parents, I suppose, could not have done any worse than what they did, and I became a Christian. But you know what? We also know good parents whose children rejected Christ. You see, we can't export this. Christianity is not exported to children by their parents, but given to them by the benevolent mercy of God. And so one of the things that I want my children to have is to become a Christian. I state it first to get it out of the way because, honestly, I can't export that to them. Number two, love God. Now, there is no doubt that I want my children to love God. This truth is the greatest of all the commandments, according to Jesus in Matthew 22. And while I want them to love God actively, the main thing I want to export into their lives is slightly different than this of loving God. Number three is loving others. 
I think most parents want their children to love others. It's the right thing to do and the second best thing Jesus said they could do. Christ would commend you for teaching your children the value of others and the privilege of serving them. Number four, enjoy God. We want our children to do this as well. To walk with God and find joy in doing so is rare among Christians, I believe. I don't hear a lot of people talking about how much they enjoy God. I used to hear this when I was younger, uh, younger as a Christian, 1984. But not now. My hope for my children is that they will enjoy Him. Number five, glorify God. Now, this is where I would take issue with the Westminster Confession as far as being the main thing. I agree. We should seek to make it our aim to glorify God above all else. But this is a behavior. It is what we should do. There is always a prerequisite to our practices, which, of course, is our motives. Number six is Bible knowledge. Some would seek to pump their children full of Bible verses. That's not a bad thing to do, by the way. But we should have sufficient Bible understanding. But I want our children to love God's Word and a desire to learn from it. I don't want to just pump them full of verses, but I want them to love, to grow in Bible knowledge. It's a good goal. And then finally, biblical relationships. Under my list of Christian goals, I want them to have biblical friendships. I would never want them to undersell this one, especially if they plan on staying pure, eventually marrying, or possibly having children. If they do not understand the Bible's view on relationships, they could be set up for a life of hardship. Relationships are challenging, and a practical understanding of the Bible in regard to relationships is essential if you're going to enjoy them. This is a list of secondary things that I want my children to possess. Become a Christian. Love God. Love others. Enjoy God. Glorify God. Bible knowledge. And number seven, biblical relationships. And then there is another list. I'm not going to elaborate on this list. These are the things that the Gentiles seek and you remember Jesus talked about this in Matthew 6:32 for the gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all while i want to prepare my children on how to think about these things that god gives us these earthly things attaining them do not represent my main parenting goals christ was clear the father provides these things my children have their roles and their responsibilities to play when it comes to attaining them but only from a secondary human responsibility perspective God will provide them in the proportion in which He wants my children to enjoy them. If a parent seeks Gentile, the Gentile list, the things that the Gentiles love, if parents seek the Gentile list, these secondary goals as most important, their children will undoubtedly fail in the things that matter. One of the sadder outcomes I have observed in the Christian community is how these sublunary goals supplant biblical 
priorities. Let me share with you some of the things on the Gentile list that parents put into their children, that they export to their children. One, status in the community. Two, satisfying vocation. Three, elite education. Four, good health. Five, social standing. And number six, financial freedom. I'm not saying that anything, uh, any of these things are necessarily bad, but they are without question secondary sublunary goals, and God provides us with the things that the, Gentile, the Gentiles seek. I do hope my children attain some of them, but they're still secondary to the main thing. As you peruse your Bible, you will note how the Lord does not put these things Status in community, satisfying vocation, elite education, good health, social standing, financial freedom. The Lord doesn't put these things at the top of any I-must-have-this list. Now, this perspective that I'm sharing with you is not a call for sloppiness, apathy, or laziness. That, too, would be sinful. I want my children to work as hard as they can within their God-given capacities. The real issue here, and in the context of this podcast, is their priorities. What are your priorities? Or where is your treasure? Might be another way of saying it. Let me share with you the main thing that we want to export to our children. It's really short and sweet. Here it is. Not all of those seven good Christian goals that I listed. None of those Gentile things that's on their list. But here is the one thing that transcends every other thing that we want our children to, that we want to export to our children. We want them to embrace. And it is this the foundational tenet in our parenting is to give our children sound theology. That's it. Sound theology is the foundation. Sound theology is is the rock bottom, and it is the platform upon which a person will build their life and stand upon it. Theology is the main thing. It is the thing I want them to take into their adulthood. Everything else in life flows out of their theology. All the things that I mentioned on that good Christian list flows out of theology. And if their theology is poor, let me go back to that list again, it would be hard to glorify God rightly. It would be hard to enjoy God well. It would be hard to love others like you should. It would be hard to have biblical relationships like you ought to if your theology is not sound. Let me explain. You know what the word theology means, right? It's two Greek words. Theos, logos. T-H-E-O-S-L-O-G-O-S. Theos, logos. The word theos means God. You may translate the word logos like the word concerning or the study of something. The word theology means the word concerning God or the study of God. The most foundational thing any child could have in their life 
is a sound understanding of God. If the sovereign Lord is not your rock, if he is not your foundation, you can expect tough sledding through life. If you work through my list of seven Christian goals that I gave to you earlier, you will see how all of them flow out of sound theology, a sound understanding of God. You cannot practically live the life of Christ well without sound theology. You cannot glorify God in the most effective ways without robe bust theological precision. You cannot love God fully without continually applying theological truths to your life. You cannot receive adequate discipleship or counseling if you do not draw it out of sound theology. If you go back to the beginning, the Garden of Eden, there were no Bibles and no other relationships for Adam. In the beginning, there was God. Then God made a man so he could have a relationship with the Lord. Man's first order of business was to become a theologian. His primary pursuit was to pursue God. Though God knew it was not good for the man to be without human companionship in 2.18 of Genesis, his soon-to-be human companionship was not more significant than knowing God. The Lord, to put it this way, was Adam's significant other. All of these years of counseling and all the trouble that I've seen in people's lives, it has become more real to me than ever how we need a better foundation on which to land when we fall and we will fall. The only person who can accurately answer the why question after we fall is God. The Lord is our best answer when trouble comes. And if we do not know Him, theology, if we do not understand Him well, theology, our suffering will be more complicated than it needs to be. If God is not our hope, which He is or should be, knowing Him well is critical. The most oft-repeated appeal in the Bible, either explicit or implied, is to fear not. The Lord is always calling us to trust Him. Theology. You cannot fully trust someone you do not know, which is a call to elevate our theology, the study of God above all else. If I could export one thing to my children I would choose theology as the main thing. I want them to walk into life knowing God. And out of that knowledge, my hope is for them to enjoy every other good possibility that the Bible offers to seasoned God lovers. If they don't have sound theology, understanding of God, what grows out of their lives will not be the best that it could be. I'm not talking about just having Bible knowledge, as in knowing the facts of the Bible. I am talking about knowing God. If they're going to have strong faith, they must know God well. If they're going to live practical, biblical lives, they must know 
God theology. If they're going to love others the right way, they must know God correctly. I want my children to know the Lord, His person, His character, His attributes, and all the things that He can do. My hope is when they come face-to-face with real-life problems, and it's a common that they will be able to endure because they can see our great invisible God. One of the most blessed texts in all Scripture is Hebrews eleven twenty seven, talking about Moses. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid, fear not, of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He had sound theology, and that was the rock, the foundation, and the platform upon which he stood. We have spent a lot of time teaching our children sound theology. I want to give you a list of some of the terms that they have been learning over the years. The list moves through a sequence of who God is to what he does for us. These are theological terms that teach us about God. They first learn what theology is, and what they are becoming is theologians. I want my children to become theologians, students of God. Here's a list, and you can look at this list in this article, and you can actually use it and teach all of these things to your children as well, or to your adult children, or to anyone who will listen to you. Here's the list. Theology, theologian, polytheism, Trinity, sovereignty, omnipotent, omniscience, omnipresence, transcendence, holy, immutable, hypostatic union, redeemer, resurrection, gospel, the fall, depravity, sin, idolatry, and worship. Now, that's not an exhaustive list, but these are sound theological terms that every seven-year-old should be learning. The weakness with too many Christians is their lack of theological depth. Some parents and some youth leaders seem to have a theological timidity, as if the kids are too ignorant or too immature or too disinterested to learn theological truths about our great Lord. I could not agree in a more strong way than to say that they are not too ignorant, they are not too immature, and they are not too disinterested. Actually, it's the antithesis. Children are encouraged. Children are motivated When the big people in the room let them into the adult world of big words like the uh, hypostatic union, they feel respected when you let them into your world of big theological terms. They feel loved. They feel cared for. They feel trusted. Like, wow, Dad, you're going to entrust this big word to me. I want to know what you know. I want to learn these things. It, it creates a built-in eagerness to learn more about God. The problem is not their lack of capacity to learn, but our lack of awareness regarding the opportunity that is before us and the lack of intentionality to step into this opportunity. The title of this podcast is, If you exported one thing to your child, 
what would it be? And there's a hint in, in the first words of the Bible as you open up Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. Sound theology has to be our starting point. Here's your call to action. Give your children a sound view of who God is and what he can do. They need to know him more than they need to know anything else. Unfortunately, too many parents focus on sports or they focus on education. And I'm not saying that those things are bad, but if our children know more about basketball or swimming or baseball or football or or soccer, then they know theology, then there is definitely something wrong with your parenting. You're not helping your child. If your child is smarter in biology or math, science, English than theology, then there's something wrong with your parenting because when it all goes sideways, their education will not be the thing that will deliver them. God will. Their theology must be deep and broad. They need to know Him more than they need to know anything else. And from that foundation, from that bedrock, you can equip them with all the other things they will need to know to be mature, God-loving adults. If you want to talk about this podcast, please do. Cheryl, if you're still awake, it's time for you to go to sleep now. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can ask your questions on our forum, and it would be our pleasure to serve you. Thank you so much for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.